0: And this week I speak to debut author, Megan Angelo. We discuss lists, headlines, ambivalence with social media, Ortega Tacos, and our journey from journalist to newly published author. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Willow. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm so excited to be talking to you.
1: I'm very excited to be talking with you.
0: Thank you for having me. Taryn Fisher has raved about both you and this upcoming release, and after starting this book and getting immersed in this world, I can see why.
1: Oh, thank you, and I call Taryn (laughs) my social media fairy godmother because she has just supported me so much and she's incredible. I can't believe she how many is. books she's written. I could say the same for you. I need to learn the oh, ways because yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to write a second one and I'm like, how did I do this the first time? It's
0: like a blacked out memory. How long did it take you to write this book because it feels like it would take a long time.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. I I started thinking about it in 2015 and I finished an outline for the book in october twenty sixteen hmm. And from there, I wrote for about a year and revised for about another year. I think the book sold in May of twenty eighteen so it's been wow. it didn't take like incredibly long, but it feels
0: like out. I bet, yeah. What did you do when you found out it had sold? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> that was
1: such a crazy moment. Um, I think I was waiting for my husband to come home from work, and I it was just another—I'm like a stay-at-home mom. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that when I found out, I was just trying to fend off my children with one arm. And then, <laughs> and then mm-hmm. when my husband finally came home, we did, uh, like, get our— wedding flutes down and drink champagne. Oh, and nice. Yeah, it was very, very cute.
0: So yeah, a great day. Well, the book is so smart, so well written and funny. <laughs> and Thank you. also very alarming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really makes you stop and think about, uh, well, social media. And it made me wonder, about you and how you really feel about social media and Instagram and reality TV. And- yeah, well,
1: as Taryn can attest, I am not great at Instagram. <laughs> I <laughs> I just, you know, it's funny because I, so I'm 35 and I'm realizing that I've kind of lived half of my life without technology. Like the first 17 years, very little technology. Mm-hmm. And the second 17 years, a lot of technology and it's kind of a natural point for me to to stop and take stock which i think is what i was unconsciously doing while i was writing the book but you know i have a deep ambivalence about it mm-hmm. i use all of these things and i like all of these things for keeping in touch with my friends but there's certain things that i just never got comfortable with i don't really like to take selfies or post selfies and i don't like to really post my kids or talk Mm -hmm. about my kids. And part of that comes from, you know, a precursor to social media in my life, which you sort of see play out in the book with Orla's character. Mm -hmm. I was a blogger for many years when blogging was sort of new. And I saw, you know, I would get like hateful comments and things like that, even though I was not writing for any sort of high profile place. I mean, I used to write for like AOL and Mm -hmm. things like that. But I feel like those early experiences on the Internet have like really continued to inform how I feel about all this stuff. So I keep I keep it all at arm's length a little
0: bit. I wondered if you were more on that side of it, but you're still very informed about it to have all these thoughts in your book. Yeah,
1: I mean, the funny thing about it is, especially working as a journalist in this day and age, your own personal thoughts on it don't always matter because right. it's part of the gig you know mm-hmm. they look now at how many followers you have before they hire you and you're certainly expected to promote you know your work and the brand's work on your social media channels so you're expected to be active so in that respect I've kind of had to wade in whether I like it or not. And certainly the same thing goes for promoting a book. Now right. I'm promoting a book and I'm like, Oh no, I'm in the worst place where I'm checking <laughs> stuff all the time. I had kind of gotten away from it in sort of a healthy way. And now I'm right back into, oh. the, into the
0: Merc. So <laughs> I loved all of your magazine experience yes. <laughs> with all the headlines and the lists. Are you a natural lister or no?
1: You know, I don't mind a good list now and again. I think it's a it's a good Format and I I do have to say, um, because I worked for Glamour for so many years, that Ladyish is not based on Glamour. <laughs> um, <laughs> glamour is a you know a a wonderful place to work where everyone is very smart and our headlines were not quite that bad. But of course, in looking around for context, while I would be working for Glamour, I would see lots of different things like that and sort of would pick up on some of the rules of headlines like mm-hmm. you know the no even numbers and the um, the really breathless style that has taken over on blogs where everything is like you won't believe what happened next <laughs> right
0: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah I made note of the no even numbers because that was a fact I did not Isn't know that interesting yeah yeah that's like a
1: long a long-held magazine thing like if you even if you go back and look at your old magazines you will see it's always nine or seven um, we
0: hate 10 and we don't like any even numbers too much Wow interesting yeah <laughs> I cracked up about your line about it's not enough to be talented or work hard you need to be disciplined and ruthless and then you say leave that. <laughs> To people in the Midwest, <laughs> <laughs> um, which I live in the, well, are we considered the, we're the Midwest, totally, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It cracked me up. Well, thank you, and obviously, I say that with great regard for the kindness of the people in the Midwest, and, um, you know, <laughs> Floss... Floss is still a mystery even a little bit to me, and without trying to sound like too much of an artist or something like that, I really closed Floss's backstory off to myself Mm. while writing the book. I wanted her to feel like she came out of nowhere for the reader and even for me a little bit, but we do know that she herself hails from the Midwest, so I could just imagine her getting frustrated with the sort of, you know, will to enjoy your life and Mm -hmm. not just be ruthless that she might have found out there. So, yeah, I loved uh, playing with that and the way she thought about her roots.
0: I love the way you put that, that you closed off her backstory. So what is your process and how much do you delve into other characters' backstories when you're writing a book?
1: Well, I felt like I knew Orla's very well. Obviously, Orla is the character who has a background closest to mine. Um, Like her, I'm from Pennsylvania, sort of halfway between New York and Philadelphia, like her, I always wanted to be a writer and, um, like her and not, not quite to the extent that she does, but I definitely got in my head living in New York about Mm -hmm. competition. And, you know, I, I came to New York, in 2006. And it was sort of the age of people posting a funny video on YouTube mm-hmm. and suddenly having a book deal or suddenly having a series deal. And I was, you know, over here trying to like work during the day and write creatively at night and doing it the old school way, but sort of feeling like, will I ever actually get to do this? Or is is this just passing me by? Mm-hmm. So Orla Orla's backstory felt very natural to me. And in terms of the process, I felt like uh, Marlo really came along and balanced things out a little bit because mm-hmm. I was working with Floss, who I didn't want to know much about. And I was working with Orla, who I felt I knew really intimately. And Marlo gave me this space to actually invent someone from the ground up and, and give her a backstory. So it was a little bit of an uneven process in kind of building these three women in different ways. Mm -hmm. But I found it a great challenge. Not one that I'm eager to replicate, though. (laughs) I think that that as I work on other stories, I'm kind of enjoying trying to build new characters, backstories in a more traditional way. Mm. Yeah, because it
0: definitely kept me challenged. I bet. But it's so good. Oh, thank you. (laughs) That's so kind. Have you always been a writer in some way, like when you were a kid? Or was it? a later-in-life thing. Yeah,
1: I've always been a writer. I mean, I grew up, you know, without cable for the first formative years of my life, and I just liked to sit in my room and write stories, and all of them were... Tragic, and there was always orphans. <laughs> My parents are like, no, we're right here, and we're we're trying to do a nice job raising you. Just like What's Disney, with the glamorization of the orphans. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I mean, I guess I kind of get it how those stories turn out that way, but no, I was always writing, and then I I think that I you know gravitated towards journalism because. I was very driven from a young age and it felt to me like something that was attainable in steps. Like mm-hmm. I wrote for the local newspaper and then I got an internship and, you know, just kind of worked my way up. And then um, in my twenties, I started writing scripts, like comedy scripts and stuff like that, mostly with my husband who writes as well. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that sort of, I think that while none of those scripts ultimately went anywhere It gave me the foundation I needed to try and plot Mm -hmm. this book, so it prepared me well.
0: Let me just interrupt for a second to let you know that Living in the Pages is part of the Frolic Podcast Network, a podcast community of everything romance-related, from book club style discussion, author interviews, comedy critique, you name it. Find new shows to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcast. And now, let's get back to our interview. Do you write every day? I
1: try to write every day. I can see a future really close where I write every day, but I'm waiting for my kids to get a little bit older. Mm -hmm. It's difficult. Like I have a five-year-old, a three-year-old and a 10-month-old. Oh,
0: wow. And
1: so, yeah. And I have a lot of help. I'm lucky from my mom and different wonderful caretakers, but essentially I'm their full-time caretaker. So for me, what writing often looks like is, you know, on the weekend when my husband is home, Like, for instance, yesterday, I just left. I got everybody situated and then I left. I went to like a pizza place and worked on the one book I'm working on and then when I was finished with that I went across the shopping center to Starbucks and worked on the other book I'm working on nice. and then I went grocery shopping <laughs> and then I came home so it's definitely kind of guerrilla warfare right now but yeah. um I'm you know I'm trying
0: my best to get to it every day so you're working on two books at a time tell me about that
1: well yeah I mean as I'm sure you've experienced uh being a debut is can like, it really messes with your mind. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't know how followers will do. And I don't officially know by any means that I will get to sell another book, but I had been working on a second novel for about a year when I realized that all of these issues were starting to put a lot of pressure on my creative process with it. So to alleviate some of that pressure, I was like, well, I'm just going to start another book too.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: now I go back and forth. And so when I get in my head about one of them, I just switch over to the other one.
0: Nice. And
1: obviously progress is slower, but it's it's definitely keeping me in a better
0: mindset, I think. Speaking of lists, let's do fast five. <laughs> okay. Wow. ask you questions and you answer off the top of your head. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Last TV show you binge watched. I'm binging Succession right now. Uh I'm
1: like the last person in the world to do it, but I love it so much.
0: I think I'm confused of what show that is, but oh, I think I've seen bits and pieces. We'll talk. It's
1: about like a big media family in New York and all of their crazy stuff. Yeah, it's really good. I've seen
0: a little bit of it and then we stopped getting whatever network it's on so I don't know what's happening oh
1: yeah yeah you have to wait till that promo comes up again then you can jump back in (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) go-to meal to prepare
1: so I really like to cook but with things being so crazy like somehow I found myself every single week making tacos that are like Mm -hmm. the Ortega tacos do you know what I mean like the shells in the box the spice in the pack.
0: Uh-huh. And it's
1: very comforting and it takes like 10 minutes. So somehow this has become one of my staples. It is very satisfying.
0: What is your writing ritual?
1: Ooh, my ritual. I need to have stuff printed out. Oh, yeah. This gives probably some insight again into my ambivalence about tech. But um, I feel that I mentally lose control of like a really long digital document. Mm-hmm. So I always stop and print it out and work on it on paper after a while. And it's like a nice ritual because, you know, I go down to the same little print shop and then I can feel the heft of it in my hand and I feel like, okay, I'm getting somewhere.
0: I like that. If you could travel to any time, what would it be? Ooh, a time. I think I'd like to go back to the
1: 1950s and 1960s just to see how my parents grew up.
0: We're like a very
1: close family and I've heard lots of stories about how they grew up, but I'd like to see it for myself, especially because I'm thinking about it for one of these books. And also I just, yeah, I've been watching, and I say I've been watching because it's so long, you need several sittings, but I've been watching the new Martin Scorsese movie, um, The Irishman which is set in that time period in Philadelphia. And that's when and where my dad grew up. So it's on my mind.
0: I just heard about the show last night. Someone saying it's so good. So it's on my list. It's
1: good. It's a movie, but it's three and a half hours long. So you can treat it like a show if you're like me and you can't stay up past 9.30 (laughs) p.m. anymore.
0: (laughs) What is one of your top five
1: favorite reads? Oh, my favorite reads. Just off the top of my head, do you know what I've been thinking a lot about lately is American Wife by Curtis mm. Sittenfeld. I just love that book. And I've been thinking about it a lot because I've been eager for her next book to come out. But it's just this beautiful, deep character portrait that spans so many years but also moves with such a real sense of urgency and plot. Mm. And another book I've been thinking a lot about lately is The Emperor's Children by Claire Massoud. Some well, I would say what I love about that book, but it would totally spoil it. Okay. But it informed a lot of how I um paced followers and what I wanted to happen in followers. So that's another
0: okay. another one
1: that people should check out. A good cozy Winter read too.
0: I need that. It's snowing Mm -hmm. here today. So, oh my goodness. Yeah, you need it. (laughs) You've been doing some traveling with the followers. Do you have any stops coming up in 2020 that I do? By the way, you're my first podcast of 2020.
1: Wonderful. Happy Happy New New Year. Year. It's a new decade. (laughs) This is very exciting, isn't it? I think it's going to be good. I do too. I do. They're still, they're still finalizing some of my dates. And I think they're going to stretch into the spring. But I have a bunch of dates in Pennsylvania. And I'm okay. going to be posting them all soon on my website, which is meganangelo.com.
0: So you can find them there. Perfect. Well, I'm looking forward to hopefully meeting you this year. Me too. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think it's time for us to sing a song. (gasps) What should we sing? I was kind of thinking She Will Be Loved by Maroon Five. Oh,
1: this is perfect. I definitely have the range for this song. Oh God, okay, I'm gonna be following your lead because it's been a while and I sort of forget the words, but this definitely used to be on some like melodramatic burned CD mixes of mine. So. Sweet. <laughs> How did you possibly think of this song?
0: You know, just thinking about Orla and Floss and it just, I don't know. Orla
1: totally listened to this song. Didn't about she? Absolutely. I feel like she totally yes. did
0: too, yep. Yeah. It just seemed to work. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Okay. Let's go. Beauty queen of only Only 18. 18, She had some some trouble trouble with herself. herself. He was always always there to to help her. her. She She always 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 belonged. Okay, Willow, now I'm doing it. No, I messed up. It was me. She always belonged to someone else. I drove for miles miles and miles and I wound up at at your door. door. I've had, uh, how does it go? Had you so many times that somehow Somehow I I want want more. I don't mind spending every day out on the corner in the pouring rain. rain. Look for, for the girl, girl with the broken, broken smile. Ask her if she wants to stay a while. And she will be loved. Love. She, she will be loved. Will be loved. <laughs> OK, thanks for making me hit that high note for early <laughs> morning. <laughs> Good morning, Megan. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> That made my day. Oh, thank you, Willow.
1: You made my day. This has been great. I'm
0: wishing you huge success with this book. It comes out January 14th, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So That's it. We will all be eagerly watching to see what happens and rooting you on. Oh, thank you, Willow. I hope you have yeah. a great 2020. Thank you. have a great rest of the day you too talk to you soon all right bye-bye happy new year everyone i'm so glad to be starting this year with you go out and buy megan's book it's so fun to be on the beginning stages of an author's career go buy it Living in the Pages is now part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcast.